The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadwa. All right, and welcome to today's show. Thanks for joining us. We've got a very impressive person on today, and I think, you know, reading and just talking with John, it's much more about physical wellness. I mean, really just um, about health in general. Um, But with us today is John, uh, is it Godoy? Yeah, it's Godoy. Awesome. All right. It's John Godoy, and he is an international coach, an endurance athlete, an entrepreneur, a martial artist, a speaker, inventor, writer, and probably a host of other things that he will share with you. And his background is that he has been trained and have done and has done numerous, numerous um, uh, presentations and workshops for a variety of different uh, corporations as well, and in a variety of different countries. And so without further ado, I'm just going to welcome you to the show. <laughs> so, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Serena. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. This is exciting. Wonderful. So, you know, talk a little bit about, um, before we get into how you define uh, physical wellness and health and all those kinds of terms. Can you talk a little bit about how how you got into this, um, your approach to healthy lifestyle, how it came about from your training experience, et cetera? Well, a lot of my background and a lot of my, 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 my path actually is very serendipitous. I actually started out uh, as a collegiate athlete at Queen's University in Kingston. I played water polo and I swam. And then after my collegiate career, career I transferred and I moved uh, to Toronto, Canada, where I uh, was a water polo coach at the University of Toronto. And then I decided to move uh, down south to Chicago, Illinois, and start up my own personal training company. And uh, then I started working at a baseball academy in the Dominican Republic. And it's just been a, a whole host of different kind of adventures and just turns that I followed, and uh, it's led me to where I am today. Wow. So a lot of different kinds of experiences with um, different sports and physical activity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that uh, it's so important to be physically active and physically strong your entire life. And my big, uh, my big belief is it's about freedom. And it's not so much about being healthy or about preventing disease. It's about freedom to live the life that you choose to live. And, you know, I, I tend to see a lot of people once they get older in life and they get debilitated or something gives way. And it's, it's unfortunate, I feel. And I think a lot of it can be prevented by taking steps 
as, for as much as your life as you possibly can to prevent that. So given, given that background and given kind of what you've seen and what you said, how, how do you define physical wellness? Is it, is it, is it within the span of being able to live the life that you choose or are there also different components to that? Well, when I was younger, Serena, I, my, my entire concept of physical wellness revolved around physical fitness. And I, I thought, I had a very myopic view. I thought that being physically strong and physically healthy was the key. But then um, as I got older and I started to really research into what physical wellness actually was and participated in martial arts and meditation and all sorts of different type of um, educational courses, I started to realize that pure physical wellness is actually a balance of the body, mind, and spirit. And I find that when people say body, mind, and spirit, it seems very amorphous. It's like a, it's a term that people, what does that really mean? Right. And to me, it means just finding a balance in your entire body. You know, there's a, uh, the inventor of judo, his name was Jigoro Kano. And he said that um, to spend all your time just developing your body means that you take time away, valuable time, where you can only, you could put it to something else like your mind or your spirit. Like there's a pie of energy that you can put towards all those three things. And if you put it towards one, you become imbalanced in the other two. So we have a society full of really fit people, but maybe not mentally as strong as they need to be or spiritually as strong as they need to be or vice versa. And so I think physical wellness is all about balancing the three. Oh, and that's a really great way of putting it because it sounds like, you know, that you really do see that there, it's not about investing yourself all in one area. It's, it's really about finding kind of that um, space where you're paying attention to your body, your mind, and your spirit and doing different activities in each of them. Oh, absolutely. And I think the, the simplest way you can kind of look at it, I was giving you an example. I was going for a run uh, not too long ago, and I was running, I think it was something like 10 kilometers. And about at the one kilometer mark, so my casually mind... casually you say this. <laughs> <laughs> so casual. Oh, you know, it's 10 kilometers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I can see the error in what I said. but No, no, not an error. It's just for those of us that don't do 10 kilometers, that's like, wow, that is, that's just impressive. Oh, Anyways, well, thank you. you were saying. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I was about the one kilometer mark, and my body has endured much worse in terms of uh, distances and, and exercise, but my, my mind started saying, uh, you're getting tired. You're getting tired. It's probably time to quit. You've done enough. Because I don't necessarily particularly like running. I was just doing it because I felt that I needed to. And then it was my mind that kept telling me to stop, to stop. But physically, I was fine. And that really brought to light the point that so much of physical wellness happens in the mind versus the physical body. You see, the, the biggest barrier was the mind saying, you know what, it's time to stop when physically I was able to. And so this brings to light the idea that a lot of the problems that people have, perhaps necessarily sticking to programs or getting physically active, doesn't actually involve the physical body. It involves the mind and the reason why they do it as well as the spirit on what is, to a degree, very similar, the motivator or the ultimate purpose of why they're doing these things. So talk a little bit more then about uh, about that, because that's an interesting um, space that I think a lot of people experience. You know, they want to be able to do more physical activity. They want to incorporate, you know, they want to feel better. I mean, all of us have different areas that we want to work on. And so, you know, I'm curious then about when you say bringing this balance to how your mind, body, and spirit are working together, if 
if your body was ready to keep going and your mind is saying, no, you need to stop, you need to stop, what what is or what are some things that maybe listeners can take away from this in terms of what they can do to help with that imbalance, so to speak? I think it's two things, really. The first one is awareness, and it's kind of like stepping outside of yourself and looking down and listening for that voice, because anyone when they're running or they're doing any type of exercise, I think they, will, they can be very, they can, they can notice a time during that exercise where they can start to hear a voice going, you know, I've had enough, right? It's, it's a sign your body is telling you you want to go in another direction rather than being uncomfortable doing whatever physical exercise you're doing. So it's, the one is the awareness, and the second is the mental concept or the mindset of knowing that when you're uncomfortable, that's when you're going to grow, right? And the more you can push through your discomfort, the more your mental strength will actually develop. So let's say I give you the example back to where I was running that 1K, uh, sorry, the 10K, and I got to the 1K mark. And let's say that uh, for two weeks, my mind was getting tired of running at the 1K mark. Well, if I knew that if I just hung on just for a little bit longer, as soon as my voice started saying, stop, stop, and I kept going to the 1.5, I'd be a little bit stronger mentally. Mm. And then the next time, I'd be able to get to two. So... You know, a lot of conventional wisdom tells us, well, just push a little bit harder your body and you'll get there. But I think if you focus on the mind side, listening to the voice that says quit and just accepting that discomfort is going to, pushing through discomfort is going to help you grow, I think that's a much better way to kind of approach it or or an alternative way at the very least. Oh, and that's interesting because, um, you know, I'm I'm just imagining myself included as I'm listening that word discomfort. It's not very pleasant. Right. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we're not, we're not a, um, a nation of people that like to be uncomfortable. You know, we, we look for, I mean, just in my, you know, in the practice that I do with clinical work, it, we, we really try hard to avoid pain. And so I'm very curious about, you know, this concept of mentally, if your mind is telling you, um, quit, 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 and there's another part of you that says, well, just kind of push through this discomfort and you'll be okay, you know, and, and or at least, you know, be able to push yourself beyond it. That's a very fascinating um, concept. So I'm curious. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I think you know some a listener might might say, well, it's very easy to say. Well, as soon as you feel discomfort, push through it. It's very easy for somebody who's done it many, many times. Well, how do I do it? Right. And so in my mind, what I say is the biggest thing is is the awareness of the discomfort and the acceptance of the idea or the mental idea that through discomfort comes growth. And I'm not talking about pain, but pain, you know, I, I'm sure you could talk about how pain causes growth as well, but I'm talking about physical discomfort or mental discomfort. And so if you in your mind are always thinking, when, the moment I feel uncomfortable, that's how, or that's when, or that is an opportunity that I can actually grow. Right? Mm. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a all happening in the mind. So, how do you then relate that? Because, you know, with, with clients, I mean, I tell my clients as well that come for, for therapy that, you know, um, pain is a, is a great opportunity for growth, even though it doesn't feel that way in the moment, obviously. Um, but in terms of physical pain, I think that's an interesting question. So how does one, um, like if somebody wants to move forward and start um, looking at how, 
their mind and body are working together. And let's say they go out and they start doing some physical activity and they start feeling some discomfort. How do you differentiate mind, quote unquote, discomfort from physical discomfort? Like, is there a way that a person can tell? Well, I think physical discomfort, you're much more likely to feel something that's acute. You may mm. feel some nauseation. You may feel slightly ill. You may feel a physical reaction to whatever you're doing. Whereas a mental one is a recognition of you deciding that I don't want to do this anymore. Right? Mm. And when you realize you don't want to do it anymore, am I hurt? Like, and I give the example back to when I was running. As I was running in the moment when I was getting tired and I wanted to quit, I kept going, well, my knees don't hurt, and sometimes they do, but today they're not hurting. My heart's really not hurting too much, so this has got to be a mental thing. And then, sure enough, I can keep going a little bit longer when you recognize that. So that's, that's really a great example, too, of how awareness can be so important when it comes to physical health, is, is knowing the difference between, well, if I'm actually experiencing a physical sensation that you'll be able to recognize it and um, distinguish it from a mental, uh, what you're thinking, a mental thought. Right, right. Okay. So it sounds like, I mean, just kind of in, in the few seconds that we have before break, what you've talked about really is that um, physical wellness for you is really about balancing time and energy among body, mind, spirit, and that when those three aspects are not in balance, that that is really when people struggle to move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Well, when we come back, we'll talk more about that. So stay tuned. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. 
All right, and welcome back. And for those of you that may just be joining us, we're talking with John Godoy, who is an international coach, endurance athlete, does a lot of work with fitness and health and and wellness in general. And so we were kind of talking before the break about how you um, see wellness and physical health as being kind of a, a balance among mind, body, and spirit. And that really it's about looking at how much how much of energy and time we're investing in each of those, how they work together, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I, for listeners, I know, you know, some of, some of the listeners have probably um, are familiar with that and they like this, um, you know, because I think this is a different way of conceptualizing it, that, you know, physical health really does involve your mental health and also your spiritual health. And that may be something new for some listeners. And I'm, I'm a little curious about, you know, when we talk about um, healthy lifestyles or physical uh, wellness, what, what are some things that you see people making mistakes with? I think the, the biggest mistake that people make from what I've seen is that they tend to, I think the saying is follow the, the tide in the sense that there's constantly new research studies that are coming out, this new superfood, this new exercise technique, this, 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 that, this, this. And none of them, and they, they may be based on a single study or a series of a few studies, but then people end up following that. They jump to it, and they don't stick to any particular thing. I have a strong belief that any type of physical health regimen generally works, and I guess that's a broad statement, but generally any type of physical health regimen works if you stick to it but we tend to be jumping to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. A celebrity will come out and they'll endorse something. Or someone (laughs) will hear about, uh, oh, I heard about this one lady who, um, because uh, she had a sick child and she took these types of fruits and the kid was better. But that's based on one person. But we have this tendency to to think of that as a bigger uh, result than it actually is. That's an uh, extremity, not an extremity, what's um, an outlier, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and so, it's, it's just jumping from new thing to new thing to new thing that becomes a challenge. Well, I mean, we are always looking for the quick fix. <laughs> it's a exactly. happen now. I mean, I mean, that's kind of the way I think, you know, we, I've talked about this with, in other shows too, about we are a culture in some respects that looks for instant gratification. And it sounds like that's kind of also what you see with um, individuals that um, are trying to become more healthy or more physically active or physically fit, that they're really looking for the next quick thing. Right. Well, Serena, I, I should tell you that the reason why uh, that I think the way that I do is a lot of it has to do with my, my, actual, my actual heritage. Um, the listeners probably don't know that I'm biracial. My mother is Japanese, born in, uh, just outside of Tokyo, and my father is an American from California. And, you know, when you grow up in a household where you have two distinct cultures and the philosophies of two distinct cultures... Um, constantly affecting you, you start to see the world kind of differently and you start Mm -hmm. to understand health differently. You know, Eastern culture, Eastern philosophy has been around for thousands and thousands of years and they've had thousands and thousands of years to develop their philosophies towards health through a lot of trial and error. And a lot of their beliefs have stood the test of time. Whereas in Western culture, uh, it's much more recent in, in the hundreds and hundreds of years. And so the philosophy here is much more technological-based or much more recent. 
And so there are two different philosophies about blending the two, if that makes sense. A lot of the physical stuff, I think, comes from the Western side, the more advanced sports medicine, whereas some of the mental and spiritual side, well, they come from uh, the Eastern side, which is a little bit more complex, but they've had a little bit more time to kind of perfect it, so to speak. Mm, Well, talk a little bit more about that, because I think that does bring a very different uh, perspective in physical wellness, particularly, you know, as you mentioned, like what you found with working with clients is that uh, many individuals may follow the tide and that they don't necessarily stick with a particular program. And it sounds like, you know, one of the things that that come out of that, at least what I'm hearing, is that if if individuals really invest in a particular program, then there is a payoff to it. Right. If they invest in a particular program and way of thinking, and I think if they use their own intuition much more than they rely on experts. And I think there are a lot of fields and a lot of things about health and wellness that experts are useful on, but there are a lot of things where experts can just simply kind of distort everything, confuse, because there are a lot of experts out there but they all contradict each other, right? But sometimes, oftentimes, common sense trumps it all, right? An expert will say, eat this and don't eat that. Another expert will say, eat this and don't eat that. Whereas common sense says, well, maybe fruits and vegetables, if I eat just generally more in those, I'll be better off rather than getting confused and trying to pick and choose. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely, completely. Can you give an example then of like, you know, because... I think part of this involves, you know, I'm thinking about listeners that may, that have some interest in incorporating some of this into their own life. And, you know, talking about sticking to one thing or talking about using their instinct when it comes to being more physically well. I mean, that's, that's a bit different because we don't generally do that. We don't generally follow our instinct and, you know, we do follow like advertisements or um, like what you said, whatever the tide is at the moment, the latest trend, things like that. So can you talk a little bit more like what, if you're working with a client, let's say for physical um, activity, physical development, physical wellness, and what, what might that look like in terms of a client using their instinct or going with their own instinct? Well, I think there's two, two answers to that, because I think instinct is the how, and mm. it, the how is, is important, but more importantly, you need the why, right? And mm. most people, when they're told, you, you need to perhaps lose weight or you need to uh, prevent disease, you use your instinct to eat these things or do this type of movement, right? And I don't... I don't think the the why is strong enough for most people. Preventing disease or losing weight to a lot of people isn't enough of a motivator, right, Mm. to then use Mm -hmm. their instinct, right? But if they had a serious disease, all of a sudden the the why is there and then the how becomes much more manageable or much more, it makes more sense. So they're much more likely to use their instinct in that case. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, so, I mean, what? go ahead. So with regards to um, the, the why, that's the most important thing, and that's the mental side of it. And I'm a big believer in that the whys in today's society are completely screwed up, <laughs> right? And that has to do with the fact that we're constantly being bombarded with all this information on people telling us 
why we should, or what our whys should be. And those are to look better and naked. That's one of those slogans. Or to prevent disease. Or just to be healthy. And I don't think those are strong enough motivators in themselves. Okay? I think people are much more motivated by things that they want. Let's say you want to be successful in your career. If you realize that then healthy lifestyle is a, is a tool to help you in your career, which will allow you to make more money, which will allow you to get the things that you want or live the way you want to, you're much more apt to accept the, the how. You might be, you're much more likely to figure out the how, right? Or if you think about uh, living a healthy lifestyle as a means to freedom, as I alluded to earlier, then you're much more likely to embrace the how. Um, oftentimes we don't look at health and lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle, as a physical and actual tool. Right? But how healthy we are affects other people's interactions with us as well as our interactions with others. And it's once we realize that, then that's a strong enough, in my opinion, why, in order, so as people can definitely do, figure out the how. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that really it's about looking at what your personal motivation is for engaging in a physical activity or a physical routine or you know going to a trainer to develop um, um, strength whatever the case may be that it's not so much about yes you know everyone tells me that if I do strength training I'll be healthier it really doesn't work that way that that people are really or listeners are really going to be more apt to stay committed to a program that they really find their own reasons for wanting it. Right. Well, I'll give you an example. I think the best way to kind of give, explain what I'm saying is to give an example. And I use myself. I'm not, I don't particularly enjoy exercising. I do it because I know why it's important to me. And one of the things that I do is I'm a speaker and I go around giving presentations on health and wellness and developing character all over the place. And I know that a lot of what I present is not going to be heard through the words that I say. It's going to be heard through my behavior, how I look, how I stand, how I carry myself. And a lot of that has to do with my lifestyle. So my lifestyle is constantly talking to the people that I meet, to the audience. It gives me more credibility. And I'm not talking about someone looking good per se, but it's, it's permeating energy. And people can, that resonates with people. And so it's very, very important to me to constantly be able to communicate with other people so I take care of my health. I'm a firm believer in that people can sense illness and people can sense health. You can imagine that you're standing on the side of a, on the edge of a, a street, and then you see this lady, perhaps in her 50s, and she's hunched over, and she, she looks sickly, and chances are she is, but you can sense that without actually asking her if she's sick. But if you stand next to someone who has a high amount of energy, who generally has a high, healthy lifestyle, you can also sense that as well. So there is a language in healthy lifestyle, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, an interesting way of integrating some of that too. In that, you know, really, um, you know, that's I'm trying to. I've got like five thousand thoughts right now. What does that What does that indicate? <laughs> because <laughs> I, I have, like there's these thoughts in my head that are saying, "Oh, okay." So part of it is that one, the notion of using lifestyle as a tool, I think, is a new concept. Um, I don't think that many people, and I don't know, maybe listeners can 
um, can also tune in and, and, and uh, answer that. But I don't, I don't know if many people see healthy lifestyle as being an actual tool. They see it as being more of, um, you know, some words that I've heard it being referred to as like a chore or that, you know, there's a lot of effort that puts that someone has to put into it. And so that's an interesting way of looking at it. And the other piece, too, is that this notion of energy, you know, that people can really sense um, energy from you based on your own lifestyle. And and I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit more um, about that when we come back from break. That sounds perfect. All right. So stay tuned and we'll talk a little bit more about energy and lifestyle and using it as a tool. Stay tuned. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena Wadwa at gmail.com. That's Dr. Serena W A D H W A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and welcome back. For those of you that may just be joining us, we're talking with John Godoy, who is a fitness, health, wellness, 
lifestyle expert. That's kind of how I'm going to sum it up there. And, you know, earlier we've been talking about physical wellness and we've been talking about healthy lifestyles and balances among uh, mind, body, and spirit. And before the break, you had mentioned a couple really interesting things that I don't think most people connect when it comes to um, physical activity or healthy lifestyles. You know, you mentioned using it as a tool, and then you also talked a little bit about this energy factor. And I'm curious if you can, you know, maybe talk a little bit more um, on one or the other or both. Oh, of course. Um, One thing that I wanted to say is that perhaps you might notice that a lot of what I'm talking about is about essentially mindset, the why. And the reason why I do that is because I feel that the, usually the hows, there's, there's so many, the how, everyone already knows the hows. It's essentially your instinct or you just need to look out there into the world and all the information is out there. But the reason why people aren't succeeding is, again, the, the why isn't, isn't necessarily there. And so in order to figure what that is, is it's about thinking differently. And that's why, I, 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 for myself, I truly believe that if you start reframing how you look at physical wellness, that can dramatically change your execution. Mm. Uh, can you give an example of maybe how that, uh, like how that's worked in a client that you've worked with, or yourself, or somebody I'll, that you? I'll know? give you an example. I trained this one gentleman, and he uh, he owns his own uh, his own big company, and he has many, many, many employers. He's about sixty seven years old, and uh, I train him usually six o'clock in the mornings, about three to four days a week. And he is in the top perhaps 5% of people his age. And one day he came down the stairs and he says, John, every day morning I come down here and I shake my head and go, why am I doing this? And then I realize that I'm doing this to stay competitive. You see, at the company that he works at, there's constantly young guns coming in to try to take his job essentially, right? They want to, they think he's essentially obsolete. And in our society, we think that oftentimes people, as they get older, perhaps they get slower and they become more and more obsolete. So his reason, his rationale is to stay competitive in the marketplace. And by embracing a healthy lifestyle, he eats very clean. He sleeps very well and he exercises a lot. And he has an extremely demanding schedule. He's constantly traveling, but he's able to keep these other people off and continue to do what he loves to do. Because in essence, he loves working. He loves his job. It's a company that he created. And so he has his why. And that is enough to get him down those stairs at 6 a.m. every morning, even though he may not necessarily want to do it because he feels refreshed. He feels energized. And he also carries himself differently. Mm. That's a great example. I mean, the the thing that came to mind is like, it almost sounds that something that you're referring to is, you know, this why part, this mindset part, um, like a mission statement, like people, like if, if a person does have kind of their own mission statement for life, then physical activity really is something like what you said, a tool that can help them the using your word, execute that mission. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Great. What about, um, what about this energy thing? Talk a little bit more about this energy, like being sensed and, and how does, um, a healthy lifestyle help with that? You know, what takes away from that? Well, I think there's, there's essentially two types of energy. 
One is that the type of energy that is sense that permeates off of somebody who's you, know, you, you can tell when someone has is extremely healthy, is glowing, is full of, of life. And the word I like to use is vitality. And you can it's a sense that we as humans have. You can definitely tell when somebody is not right. You can we call it bad vibes. Oh uh, yeah. Right, but you can yeah. tell when somebody has is full of life and they're constantly bouncing around. And the other type of energy is is the physical energy and the physical energy that comes from putting all the right things into your body, whether it's strength, whether it's it's the right foods, and it's also feeding your mind with the right things as well, and also feeding your soul. And I know we've ended up talking a lot about the physical body, but mm-hmm. I, I you know I saw a picture the other day, and it was a it was a face of a child. And it had three mouths. Two mouths were where the eyes went. And one mouth was where the mouth went. And basically this was saying that we're basically ingesting everything we see and everything we put in our mouth. And so this is why it's so important to develop a healthy mind as well. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. What, so, so the first energy you said was one that we sense right. like from others, like kind of just an energy that other people... Um, like, uh, uh, let me rephrase that, an energy that we may instinctually even sense. Right. And then the second energy you mentioned, what was the, I can't remember the exact term. Actually, I think I, I kind of drifted off point on that one. The second, <laughs> the second type of, I'm glad you, it was a very kind way of bringing us back to that point. <laughs> but the second type of energy is physical energy. And physical energy is a largely a byproduct of your habits, right? And uh, that physical energy is essentially the byproduct of what your tools do, what the tool of physical activity does or doing the right healthy habits. It allows you to go out and have, like oil, like oil moves a car, oil flies a plane, oil runs an economy. Well, physical energy that you develop through these healthy habits help you go out into the world and do that what you love. Right? It's your fuel. That's what right. physical energy does. And the only way you can create an excess amount of it is by in- increasing your healthy habits Imagine that you, um, you, you, your body was like a bucket, and the bucket was full of water, and the water is energy. And the, the, the more unhealthy of the habits you have, or the, it means you have more holes in your bucket, and you're constantly losing energy. And by embracing healthier habits or living a healthier lifestyle, you're basically plugging those holes, and you're basically conserving energy. In fact, you're even putting more in. Okay, so... So on that, you know, I'm curious to know if you, I mean, I don't, I want to see how to say this. Is it possible that, I mean, are there people that are a hundred percent healthy? No, I definitely don't think so. Okay. That's good to know because I'm I'm just imagining some listeners being like, oh my gosh, I'm probably like in the 20 percentile here. And, you know, there's hundred percent people out there and, you know, like, I know that many people engage in, we, we all have vices, we all have different things that we want to, what I mentioned earlier, what we want to change about ourselves. And, you know, given that it sounds like there's a lot of benefits to first figuring out why you want to do this. And second, um, being able to start implementing uh, more effective physical habits or lifestyle habits in general. I'm wondering for listeners who are interested in um, um, uh, having more effective workouts or being able to feel 
that they are doing something differently. What what can you suggest for them? Well, let's start with um, the physical activity. Right? Okay. When you do your exercise, do things that replicate activities that you're actually going to do in real life. Right? Stand laying on the ground and doing a bunch of exercises, although it make you may make you feel good. Right? It doesn't necessarily mimic the real-life activities of getting up, moving, grabbing groceries, traveling, working, all those types of things. And if you have very little amount of time to dedicate to exercise or you're not particularly in, you don't particularly enjoy it to begin with or you don't have your why, per se, and you only have so much time to dedicate, then doing these types of activities, is, full-body exercises, are much more useful. It's a much more effective use of time in terms of eating. You know, I'm not a nutritionist, but what I can tell you is you just eat foods that essentially your grandmother would know what, what it is. They're basically single-word foods. Don't overcomplicate it by eating things that are much more con- convenient, things that come in packages. Because you know, instinctually, you know that probably they're not as good as something that comes whole. Get as much sleep as you possibly can, drink a lot of water, and manage, mitigate, or move to deal with stress. Those are the ways I think you can definitely control your physical health. With regards to your mental health, think back to the picture that I gave you of the eyes, I'm sorry, the face that had two mouths where the eyeballs are. Yeah. So everything that you see, you're absorbing, right? Mm-hmm. And nothing, nothing is neutral. Some things will either positively affect you or negatively affect you, right? And you should protect what goes in your eyes and what goes in your ears in just the same fashion as you would protect what goes into your mouth. Because once it goes in, it's in there for good. Mm, that's interesting. You know, you also mentioned um, something earlier that I think relates to this, talking about like how you may reframe um, some, like your mindset or, or something of that nature. Because, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, I work out, I, I do cardio pretty much every morning. I'm really good at that. But when it comes to like that strength training stuff, I'm just like, oh my goodness, really? Strength training? I mean, I'm I'm starting to get into it. At the same time, I'm I'm curious then, like with this, okay, what are what's a different way to approach it? What what kind of thing would you or do you suggest for that? Just like a quick you know, it's just someone starting, it's just getting into something new. I know the benefits of strength training. I know it's meant to help me. I know it fits within my general why. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, I'm also very, um, you know, may dread it, may not want to do it, see myself, talking myself out of it. What what do you suggest for um, a listener or, you know, me <laughs> who may be in that place? There are different, several different things you can do. One is you can find a buddy, someone else who can commiserate with you, who's going through the same thing, who you can have support with. You can join a group class. You can hire a trainer, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's not something that oftentimes it's something that's very difficult to do alone, right, to embrace something that you're kind of afraid of. I've often had, uh, I was once training someone who I could, they were slightly uncomfortable with strength training and they, were, and they were slightly heavier and they would refuse to look into the mirror. And I started to realize that the environment that she was training one-on-one wasn't a very comfortable situation for her. So I found her a partner to work out with. She would never look into the mirror, but she would constantly look at her partner and they, were, had a, they made it into a more enjoyable experience rather than it just being something that's arduous, right? Or perhaps you don't have to jump into strength training per se. Do something that's fun that kind of mimics strength training, 
right? So let's say you go for a walk in the park and you carry a couple heavy things. That's strength training, right? Or you go into the garage and you, play, you, you lift things, you move things. That's strength training. What the gym is supposed to do is supposed to put pressure onto your body, put stress onto your body. That's greater than the stress that happens in real life. So real life becomes easier, Right? So if you don't want to go to the gym, if you, you don't particularly like that, you can find a stressor in real life that is challenging and do that. Oh, that's, that's a different way of putting it. Stay tuned and we'll talk more about that. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine, navigating the cancer maze with host Grace Goller. We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Serena Wadwa at gmail.com. That's Dr. Serena W A D H W A at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. All right, and welcome back. For those of you that may just be joining us, we're talking with John Godoy about physical wellness and health and lifestyle and lots of really uh, interesting and fascinating ideas. And, you know, something that you mentioned about how um, how working out, you know, that we can actually incorporate physical activity, even in our day-to-day experience. And you had mentioned the example of, um, you know, like carrying heavy bags and taking a walk to the park or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the gym, you know, really is, is, is a tool used to um, help us gain strength to do more of those things in our day-to-day experience. Right. And I'm, I'm, I, I, that fascinates me because that, that's really not something that we typically hear about physical wellness. You know, how can we incorporate more um, 
strength training or endurance training, or I don't remember the third one, stamina, no stamina. I think there's one more, um, but those different aspects of physical wellness and day-to-day experience, because I like also that you tied it in with the idea that physical energy is really a byproduct of habits. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, can you talk more about those things? Well, if you think about um, the, if you think about people with high levels of energy, they tend to be people with who have habits that create high levels of energy. And if you think about people with low levels of energy, whether it's choice or circumstances, their habits also reflect that. You know, we are what we consistently do. I think Aristotle may have may have said that, but that's essentially what a habit is. And if you want to have higher levels of energy, you have to do the right things over and over and over again. This goes back to what I was saying about people constantly jumping around. As This is one of the, the harsher things about uh, people in today's society, why their healthy lifestyles don't necessarily succeed because they're jumping around all over the place because that's not a consistent habit. It's sticking to one thing and keep going and going and going is, I think, what I'm trying to push. Yeah, what you were talking about before about the mistake, you know, when it comes to physical workouts even, that people just tend to follow whatever the, the tide may be or the trend mm-hmm. and and not really invest in just one thing. Yeah. Well, certainly, you know, something that I was thinking over the breaks or in a, that uh, worked a lot with me, and, and I there was a period of my life where I, I suffered a, a great deal of um, issues with self-esteem. And um, I, I embraced the concept of fake it till you make it right? For a long period of time. And in, in day-to-day life, doing things that make us uncomfortable, it, for example, let's say there's social situations or asking for a raise or whatever it may be, it's very challenging. But the, in the gym, for example, it's a safe place where you can do things that you don't necessarily think you can do. And this is what I see with a lot of my clients. They do things that they don't necessarily think they can do. Their self-esteem gets a little bit bigger, a little bit higher, and then there's a transference effect that happens from the gym into real life. So, you know, I like to call the, the fitness center or the gym a dojo. It's a training area. Just like the mind is a mental dojo, the gym is a physical dojo. It's where you go and practice to develop the skills you need to master life, whether it's actual physical strength or whether it's self-esteem. That's a really uh, interesting way to put it. I mean, and again, it kind of relates to that notion of using it, and maybe not using it, but framing it as as a tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is the single most important tool. It's like, you know, I, I like to look at um, life, I give the example that life is like a giant ocean, right? You start, in one con- you start on one side of the ocean, your goal is to get to some destination on the other side, and you have a ship to get you across. In that ship, you need a crew, which is your brain. The, the boat itself is your body. And the crew is essentially uh, your spirit and your habits. And the sails, if you have sails, well, that, uh, let's also call that your, habit, your, um, your spirit as well. And all three have to be functioning properly because if not, you end up going all over the place. But the most important person on that ship is the captain, and that is your mind. Hmm. And so really reframing and looking at your own motivation, your own um, your own mindset, I think is the word, uh, phrase that you used before, and how that affects um, how you navigate your ship, so to speak, is is really key. I cannot 
emphasize that enough. And that's why it seems, I think, perhaps I keep coming back to mindset more so than anything. Because I believe that if you change it in your mind, everything else falls into place. Once you change your mindset, then you just put into, into play your habits, and then whatever you're trying to achieve happens. You know, the management uh, expert, uh, Peter Drucker, once said, uh, ideas don't move mountains, bulldozers do. But in order to move a mountain, you need have to have the right idea, but you also need to have the bulldozer to execute. But oftentimes, people don't know how to move that mountain, right? People think that somebody else will tell them how to do it, but more often than not, it's best that they figure out how to do them themselves, and then somebody else can, can tell them what the habits perhaps are or the, what the bulldozer is. Ah, okay. And that's really um, a tool to use in terms of maybe getting a trainer or seeing a therapist or whatever the case may be. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Trainers, therapists, they all serve a function, right? Yeah. But you have to know what that function is. If not, you're just going for, and if you don't understand why, whatever the problem is, the symptom is, is much more apt to happen again. So it will repeat itself or still be present or whatever the case may be. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. You know, the thing that came to mind as you were saying that too, and, I, and I'm wondering, you know, maybe listeners are, are thinking about this or not. You know, it, we a lot of times, you know, we talked about some really great concepts and I, and I get that there's a lot of optimism when we can change our mindset or when we can um, maybe see um, physical activity as a tool to, to, to have the life that we want, so to speak. Right. What came to mind to me is, you know, this, this notion of fear, of, of being afraid to, you know, try it out or have a different mindset or, you know, if I do try this, what's going to happen? And and I'm curious if you have any um, thoughts or suggestions or things to help listeners um, to help them move forward with that. I think the most important thing is, is how can I say this? You're, you're absolutely right about the fear aspect. And we as society, we spend so much time trying to avoid fear, and we look for comfort, but we also look for distraction. I'm a big believer that people go and we watch TV, we look for people to socialize with, we go shopping, we do all sorts of things to kind of escape the quiet times. And it's those quiet times that we can have introspection, and that's when we overcome our fears, and that's when we can think, and that's when we can truly change our mindsets. But if we're constantly in distraction, we never have the opportunity to. And these changes in mindset, no, they don't happen in an instant. They happen over weeks, months, even years. But once you do have that mindset, and you have to put the work into it, because there is no pill for mindset change. (laughs) What? There is no pill. It will dramatically change your life, but you have to do the work. You know, this meditation stuff, people in the West oftentimes think, oh, that's crazy. But science has proven that it works. It's been working in the East for thousands of years. Thousands of years, and it can dramatically change your life if you just invest the time. But the biggest problem, again, I think you said it earlier, is um, fear. But also, mm-hmm. I also believe it's also the, the desire to seek distraction. That's a really interesting term, too, because a lot of things that we may engage in, like what you said, really serve the purpose of distracting us from becoming aware of our fears or even becoming aware of what our motivation might be, our, our whys. Absolutely. And to, in order to figure out what the whys is, you have to, 
Well, one is you have to turn inwards and think. The other one is to journal. The other one is to, to have conversations with people about these fears, about your thoughts. And I know this seems all like, it may seem a little bit granola. It may seem overly spiritual. But this is, I think, the direction that people need to turn because the conventional way is not working. The statistics show 70, 75% obese. And then antidepressants are being all over, are being um, dispensed to in, in, in incredible numbers. And the number of people who are just completely lost and sad and disenchanted is so great. And so much of it has to do with the fact that it's just disillusion and fear and, and just not knowing where we're going. But if you focus, it, it can dramatically change. Well, and that, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and those are some really interesting pieces, you know, just kind of the combination, exactly what you said about what physical fitness wellness is about for you, that it really is this balance of mind, body, and spirit. And um, yeah, right. if, if you're disenchanted, if your job's not going well, your family's not going well, your spirit's going to be down. If you have no friends or if you're having self-esteem issues, your spirit is challenged, right? And when your spirit is challenged, that throws your body into imbalance and that can affect your desire to, to make changes in your life, whether it's absolutely. physical or mental or whatnot. Absolutely. So if listeners have, um, if they want to contact you to get more information or to find out about your services, what's, what's a good way for them to connect with you? Uh, they can contact me at my website. It's uh, com, J-O-H-N-G-O-D-O-Y.com. Or they can email me at john, J-O-H-N, at johngodoy.com, J-O-H-N-G-O-D-O-Y.com. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Join us next week when we talk to Susan Adler about relationships and boundaries. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwa hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.